Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into the Market Makers Club podcast. Short episode today. Short episode. Short episode. I, was blowing, I was blowing into the mic on the intro. Yep. Sorry about that. Yeah, that was, that was a rough one. Sorry about that, guys. And I had to do it, too, just to make Joe feel good. Yeah, right. So Thanks, we buddy. both did it. Sorry about that from both of us. Um, Mark Makers Club podcast. Missing Gus. We miss you, Gus. We know you miss us because we're that good. Right. Especially Joe. Uh, 15 years on the Chicago board. 15-year floor trade. trader, Chicago board trade. You know the man, the myth, the legend. legend. We're, here, we're here to talk about some good stuff today. What do we got, Joe? Just here to pass along a little bit of knowledge. Uh, just a but, touch. Yeah, so we were... Uh, I was looking forward uh, to having Gus here to pick his brain about about some stuff, but uh, but we can just introduce it this week. And uh, so social media, I think, is disseminating information differently, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and how can we harness that to make trades in the future? So like back in 2008, 2010, I think the, the uh, government came out with uh, our representatives have 45 days to to post the trades that they're making. Right. And so this social media site called Iris, I was uh, watching some Saturday news. Right. And so the social media site uh, is for like trader and trading. But anyways, they post Nancy Pelosi's trades. Okay, And I guess her husband is like a legendary stock picker. Right. So as a trader, right, you're looking for an edge. Right. So once you learn how to use these tools, right, then you need ideas. Right. So I thought this might be an interesting way. to, to come up with some trades to make and see how they do, right? So out of all the legislators, right, because everyone has to post trades, uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband is, like, the most prolific, right? Of course. And so why not focus on his? And so uh, I think in future episodes, right, we're going to dive down in that a little bit more. But interesting enough, you know, the Fed also is having some problems right now where they've lost, they're losing two Fed governors. I think it's Boston and Texas mm. because of this trade, like, uh, you know, illegal trades possibly being made. One's leaving for health reasons and another one's uh, leaving for like the trading reasons, but they're both like under serious investigation for trading. So just as the social media evolves and as this information gets disseminated, Differently in the future, there might be other opportunities. Is that tracking? Does that make sense to you? Yeah, that does make sense. So anyways, some of the trades that like Nancy Pelosi had made, uh, I just made some quick notes uh, that I'm going to be looking into, is Apple, Tesla, Disney. Uh, Now, we find out about this 45 days later, right? So what I would do, um, 
is I would look and see where Apple was trading and see where it where it's where trading it today, now. right? And so I think when when Nancy Pelosi on December twenty second, twenty twenty, Apple uh was trading around one thirty and then on one twenty one twenty two, or like a month later, it was trading one forty five. Right. Okay. Yeah. Not not the hugest like run up or anyway, but anyway, she purchased a hundred calls at the hundred strike. So she bought deep in the money calls, right? So we're just trying to get like whenever she's doing these trades, deep in the money, in the money calls, uh, an option can be three things. It can be in the money, at the money, or out of the money, right? And in the money option has parity in it. And out of the money option is just volatility value. These are just terms that like I'm throwing out there that you know, and we've, discuss, we've discussed these before. Yeah, right. A, a time really or cute. two. If you guys want to go back, I think four or five episodes. Uh, Joe can give you a better, you know, a better educational value on that. But right. we're going to carry on here. I think it is interesting that she's buying in the money calls. I just want to like kind of noodle on that a little bit mm-hmm. longer and, and wonder like why she's doing that. But Tesla, she made a trace. Tesla was trading about five hundred dollars, and then at expiration, it was trading eight hundred. So that was like that a was good, a nice jump. That was a good a good one. Disney uh, was trading about $140. It ended up trading 180 right? So, you know, we're going to get this information 30 days late, but maybe we can start to look for some strategies that would be very affordable, that if the moves were still going to happen, right, um, we could profit on it. Yeah, and we'll be able to continue tracking her moves in the future, too, to see how, and then compare and contrast, right, of over right. her history and see if there is a typical that she's doing a typical pattern she's laying on. Right. And then I got a, I got a call from another friend today that was talking about, uh, he pays and I'm just not in the social media. Right. But he said he pays, uh, for this service on Twitter Hmm. where a guy gives him day trades. Now day trading is a little different. You know, day trading is like where you're sitting in front of the computer and you're actively getting in and out of trades. Right. I don't like to necessarily be in front of a computer all day. Right. But if this information is getting disseminated differently, Right. And uh, there are people that are spending time like looking at either charts or whatever they're looking at to get these calls and they're making good calls. If they're giving us access to that information and we know how to use these derivative strategies, right, we can definitely take their information, process it quickly and put on cheap trades to see how it's working. So just just ways that the Market Makers Club might evolve here in the future, you know, just depending on uh, how much success we have. You might see some some things change, you know, ebb and flow a bit, but. It's still going to be JL and Joe Waterman, the main men in front of the mic. I don't know, like, what else you, you guys need. Oh, and some more money, of course. <laughs> Always getting good money picks. Joe, what, what were some good picks that you had? What were some of your highlights of the last few weeks? You know, I haven't been trading a lot the last couple of weeks just because I'm, uh, I, was, I was expecting the market to sell off, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yes. And right. I bought, like, some cheap, cheap bets on the market selling off, and it hasn't sold off really yet. So... I'm just gonna, market. I've got my hands in my pockets and I'm nervous. But when I see like the Fed information, right, when two Fed governors are resigning and the Fed chairman is also caught up in this investigation. So one of the one of the Fed governors that resigned for health reasons, I'm not going to get his name right, but he made 37 trades and he was buying the same type of securities that the Fed was buying. So right there, like that's like that's hey man, that's doing that looks dirty, right? Uh, you're buying the exact same thing that you're an expert on and you've got control how to allocate the money. Um, so I'm, I'm suspicious on that one, right? But what we've also learned is there's never just one cockroach, right? So like when, if there's bad behavior, like why is bad behavior happening like that? Like if you thought you were going to get 
Because people think if you thought you were going to get caught, you would not be doing it. So that just tells me that like the entity, right? Like the whole Fed, if that's happening and it's happening at that high a level, it's fucking there's corruption throughout, right? So that's why I say that's why I say there's never just one cockroach, right? And then it's also happening. I think it was to the Dallas. His his name was Kaplan, I think. And now his trades were in equities, right? But why why is this like good information, right? Because these are the fucking lawmakers. Right. And so like I think Google was another trade that Nancy Pelosi made in the last year. Right. And uh, and then there was legislation that goes these companies way and, and there it's legal for them to do this. Right. So they're not breaking any laws by trading these stocks. You know, it's unbelievable. Or you know what? I don't even know if that's right. But uh, there are loopholes. There are ways yeah. they like they, there are ways they get in and out of it that, you know, they're doing it. You know, some's a little sketchy and they're getting out of it. Right. Now, the old me would be like, oh, let's root out the corruption and fucking stop this, right? But now I'm like, I don't fucking care. I just want the information and I want to run with them, right? Like, and that's what they were saying on this, like, you know, Saturday morning show that I was watching was like, these guys were like, okay, they have 30 to 45 days to put this information out, right? And then we can pick it up and then we can trade on it too. So like maybe if we see big run-ups, maybe we'll take offsetting positions, right? Or yeah. if 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 I had, you know, people looking at the legislation and saying like, oh, yeah, there is some laws that are, you know, working their way through the system that would be beneficial to like big tech companies or something like that. Like maybe it's a way that we could create some kind of edge in the market. Get some of the crumbs from their cake. That would be pretty nice. Right. What about sports? What do you got for on this on this quick episode here? On this quick episode, well, last time I was at Antonio's, it was America's Game of the Week. It was the Rams against the Buccaneers, Tom Brady against Matthew Stafford. The offenses were flowing. The defenses were not. My goodness, the Los Angeles Rams looked good. Matthew Stafford's arm was flinging. Cooper Cup had two touchdowns, 140 yards at least. It was incredible. But before that game, I was driving home from Muskingum University. I was listening to the Cleveland Browns game. Those boys sound good. They they sound like a good football team that are going to win a lot of games, and uh, I hope Baker Mayfield finds a way to prove me wrong. I was going to say, have you? Because oh my, no, I I still think that Baker Mayfield isn't isn't going to be a guy to win us a Super Bowl. But oh my gosh, I'd love to be wrong. Like people hear me say these sports things, and they're like, oh, you hate the Browns. I'm like, no, I don't. Like I, you want? I want it. I want to be wrong more than you want to be right. Like I promise you. But, whew. Sometimes, man. With the Tam- I watched the Tampa game. Wasn't it a slow start? Like the first, like, there wasn't a lot of points, right? Uh, Matthew Stafford had that offense rolling on the Rams. The, the Bucks didn't necessarily get moving for a minute. It took Tommy Tommy Tampa a minute to yeah, you right. know get his feet under him. But SoFi Stadium was was balling. New right. place out in L.A. That Stafford had it. Amazing, right? Oh my gosh, I I need to go to a game out there. Like. <laughs> need to it's going to be there for the next 70 years so i'll get out there eventually but i don't even know what it looks like when i look at it i'm just like it what looks, the hell is that thing it looks like it's from a thousand years in the future and like even in there's four, like a lake in the front i was like did they build it out of the water or like I'm how like, did they build this? it there's, i'm like i don't even know where parking is i'm probably parking below the stadium or they uh, helicopter me in or something cool i gotta see is that, that where place. the super bowl is this year yeah i bet the super bowl's in sofi or next ooh, let's do a quick oh we're search. going to the internet where where all the where all the truth is on the internet right now. Super Bowl 2022. Do, do, do. Yep, Los Angeles, California, SoFi Stadium. Yeah, that place is crazy. No, I saw Tom Brady looking around there. It looked like he was trying to get comfortable in there. He was taking it in. He was like, "This place is pretty <laughs> sweet." 
We should have invested in SoFi, man. What's their stock done since that place yeah, went out? I don't out? even know, but that was a that was like a thinking here on the Market Makers yeah, Club no, podcast. I think, I think you're about probably a year late on that one. Perhaps, perhaps, <laughs> probably about like five years too late on that one. But it's so all I right. don't know. The only other thing, I didn't have much else, but the only other high, I saw one topic that, uh, and this probably isn't even worth mentioning, but it was just like so. Sometimes I write down these things, uh, but the McCluskeys and. I think it was Iowa. They protected their property in a, like a BL BLM like riot, mm. and they protected their property with guns. But anyways, they're both lawyers, and they're trying to take their law license away. I thought that was kind of I was like, what the hell? They're going after people's profession when they were found to do nothing wrong. But mm. and then oh my IRS thing. I think that came back with good news. I don't think I owe anything on that. All right, so good. That's good. good but good. that was fucking like they were looking at you, dude. Yeah, and so here, just you know, it's like I, I put this out there, like. I don't know, four or five months ago, I think is when it started. But like, I got a letter from the IRS and it had like nine things that it wanted to look into. And eight of the nine things was a Robinhood account and cryptocurrency. And I'm like, I've never, like, I hate cryptocurrency. And like, the only thing I have, like, I'm a, I'm a TD Ameritrade guy, think or swim, right? I think it's got a good platform. I looked at everything that was out there at the time and I thought it was the best platform for me. And then Robinhood is like an internet, like brokerage house, like whatever. And it's great. It's great for the young people, you know, but it's not, I've never looked at it. So I don't even, I I can't even talk about it. It's not for you. I know uh, that much. Yeah. Right. I know that much. Uh, But, but when I got this audit, I was like, why would they think that I trade crypto? And the only thing I did to trade crypto was Was download Coinbase. Oh, and yeah, I downloaded Coinbase. Or no, it was just I wanted to look at the. I, even though I don't trade it, I know it's something that can influence the market, right? And so I want to watch it and know where it is. So, so I downloaded Coinbase in 2018 just to follow where Bitcoin was. I think it was trading around seven thousand bucks at the time, right? Stupid me, right? But, uh, but then. 2019, I get a letter from the IRS, or in 2020, I get a letter from the IRS concerning 2019 and, I, and an account I had at Robinhood. I'm like, listen, I know, like, like sell everything in that account and give me the money. Dude, right? I feel like, I feel like I'm in the Sopranos right now. Like, oh, look at that, a legitimate businessman. They're making him do the perp walk, like one of those. Like, what are, dude, it felt on, like the perp, you know what? It felt like, you know, and let's just go, let's just dive into this a little bit, right? Like, so. The audit, like it costs, it costs me, I bet it's going to cost me $3,000 to, to defend myself against this audit. Right. And it I actually had like $20,000 in credits with the uh, federal government. And so it just adjusted, I think that credit. The credit. Yeah. And so, but I was in like, you're, you're a young guy, right. And like, you're going to work for different companies like throughout your career. Right. And then you're going to have different opportunities as you climb that ladder. You're going to have, uh, you know, different opportunities presented in front of you. And there was two times in my career that I had some good opportunities presented in front of me. And so I was, so just for the listener, right, these big banks, right, they do a lot of mergers and acquisitions, okay? And uh, and then so they take uh, a, like a cut of that, right? Like I think 5 or 10% usually of a deal and they kick that back to their um, um, their upper level employees, right? And so I was like a young guy working at this bank, doing well, and 
I had an opportunity for some of these investments. And these investments were like 10-year investments, and they had the op- the runway, they would call it like 15 or 20 years, right? And so I, uh, I got in these investments, right? And uh, the thing I didn't know at the time was the accounting for these things. Like, so I got in these investments, and they were cool. They were leveled investments, just like for the listener, if you're interested, right? Like, let's say you would put in 100 grand, and the bank would put in... 200 grand. So then you've got three times your original investment leverage, right? Yeah. And then there's recourse, right? So you would lose your money first. You would lose your first 100 grand. Then the next 100 grand you would lose had no recourse. Okay. Right? And then the third tranche, if if you lost that, there was recourse. So when you got into this investment, you put in 100 grand. It acted like a $300,000 investment. You could lose your hundred grand first. You would lose their hundred grand second, and then you would lose their hundred grand third, third, and you would have to pay that back. Yeah, and that's like a doomsday scenario, right? I did this in like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and there was a pretty bad doomsday scenario at that time. At the time, yeah, and uh, and then that extended the runway. They would say, right? So, like, if it was supposed to be a ten year investment, and like you get a lot of bad news early, or like you know, it just doesn't perform the way it does. They extend the runway out, you know? So I think that was, if, if that was 2010, it's 11 years. So it's probably been about 13 years since the original investment. Right. And, uh, and it's still not over and it wasn't as sexy as it was kind of built up to be. Right. But, uh, but it was still a good investment. And, uh, but the thing I didn't understand about it was I basically couldn't pay my own taxes anymore. Hmm. And because like you have, like you get these things called K-1s. They always come out late. You have to file for extensions. To file for the extension, you still have to pay, you know, today, but you're paying an estimate and then, you know, you pay it off later. And so, like, so then, you know, I left the trading industry in like 2017 and then uh, three or four years later, like self-employed, all this other stuff, and I'm having to... I'm under an audit, like, and I can't even prepare my own taxes because of these like investments I chose when I was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Right. And so I always have paid, I think for 20 years, I paid for someone to prepare my taxes and, and trading derivatives is like similar, right? Like it's like, you want to get good representation, you know, that, and, and so the first thing I did when I was under audit was I called, uh, I called the guy and I was like, Hey, listen, I was like, paying my taxes is important to me. I've always paid my taxes correctly and I've paid for someone to, I paid for someone that's good to do it. Right. And he'll be getting in contact with you. Right. Uh, and then that was in May, I think, you know, and then it's now the end of September, right. Mm -hmm. It's going to cost me, I would imagine it's still probably an estimate probably about $3,000. Right. Back out of that original, that balance that you still got or no. What's that? Oh, no, no, no. That was just what I got to pay my, my CPA. Right. Yeah. Because I didn't, if I can't prepare my own taxes, then I'm definitely, I'm not going to go to bat for, it's like, if I'm paying for someone else to do it, I want them to also represent me. Right. Yeah. True. And so, uh, so they represented me and then, and then their bill is going to, I'm betting about 3000 bucks. It was probably about, and the thing about the IRS is like, they got to get a win. Like they're not leaving until they get a little bit of something. Right. And so, um, you know, I think they're going to get me on a hickey of about $3,000 of just an accounting mistake, right? Whatever, fine. Uh, I didn't really do anything wrong. And these fucking taxes are, are complicated. Like, 
you know, we've been talking about schools and stuff like that today. But the other thing that I think like just fucking sucks is that like honest people can't pay their taxes because they're so fucking complicated and it's not right, you know? And that's just like, when you talk about these bureaucracies when we talk about like the government's getting larger and larger and larger, and it's like, they're making it more complicated that you have to outsource this stuff at some point, or you just have to not get involved in these investments. And then it's like, okay, well, how do you get from, I mean, I was a lower middle, like I was lower middle class, if not like poor growing up. And, um, I mean, probably poor thought of myself as lower middle class, and so when I was starting to get some of these opportunities, I was just trying to take any opportunity I can, right? But then, you know, 20, 30 years later, you're looking down the thing and you're like, holy shit, like now these guys are shaking me down. Over that. Right? And it was a research audit. My, my CPA had never seen, and so this is 2021, right? Right now, the government's trying to double the size of the IRS, take it from 40,000 to 80,000 agents to kind of collect more money for what they're trying to spend. And just my two cents, right? If you're going to print this money, like these fed governors that are resigning, right? If you're going to print so much money to pay for all these programs, you don't need to take money from anybody. Right. And it's like, it's just, it's just convinced. I'm not going to, you're going to get it. Consfixatory? Am I getting close to that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you got. I don't know. But it's it's, ah. it's basically just punishment, right? And uh, and so uh, I mean that's my opinion, right? I can have it. I can't think of the word. Confiscatory, I think. Confix. Conf- it's 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 already. It's there, not confectionery. That's bacon. No, 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 no. Ah. Shit. And so uh, so anyways, I'm under this audit. It's finally ended, and I'm and it's going to cost me about three. The the government shook me down for about you know, $3,000 and on a research audit when at the same time they're doubling the IRS and they're trying to collect money to pay for more programs. So I think what's going to happen, and like, this is just my two cents and this kind of tags onto a conversation that the listener might not have had. Right. But it, it, it follows like, you know, conversations that we've had. It's just, I just think that like going forward, when we talk about like, we don't have a voice in these things or like, we don't sound heard or like they've made these like, taxes so complicated that you don't know how to do them like people are going to stop paying taxes and that's the one thing that like america has is like you know pride in the country and i think we're losing that because that's the way i feel you know so i don't know you got any questions on that or anything on that probably not you know how i feel i feel that anybody who's listening right now should open up instagram because i know you all have instagram you fools (laughs) you should search for the market makers club podcast you should follow us, turn on post notifications, and you know what? You should shoot us a direct message. Let us know how you're feeling today. I'm not going to ask about your trades. I'm not going to ask what you had for lunch. I'm not going to ask any about any bets that you may have placed over the weekend on or not on the Rams. I just want you to tell me how you feel, all right? We'll see you guys next time. For JL, Joe Waterman, 15 years, and Gus, even though he's not, not here. here. Cheers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. 
Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.